welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today I'm here with Mary Alice, a student midwife and doula, as well as our manager and editor here at Baby Chick. We're here doling out no-nonsense pregnancy and parenting advice. We've worked with thousands of families and have condensed all that we've learned to bring you simple, practical, and immediate advice for preventing parenting conundrums. Today, we'll be talking about birth doulas. What is a doula? What does a doula do? How much does a birth doula typically cost? So let's get started. I, Nina, have worked with gosh, hundreds of different women, but as a birth doula, I've worked with about 200, almost 250 women for the past seven, almost eight years now. And I'm here with Mary Alice. We've met, gosh, how long ago has it been now? Two, three years? Three years. Three years. Three and a half. Ah, That'll be four, I think. Stop, stop, (laughs) stop. Okay. And Mary Alice has been in the birth world for a long time. Gosh, Mary Alice, tell me about all that. Yeah. So I'm also a birth doula and I became a doula in mm, January of 20. 12, 2013. And I've worked with about 200 families. I've been to about 130 births. And so, yeah, we both have been to many births, spent many hours supporting women in labor as a birth doula. And we thought we'd kind of answer some questions about what the heck a birth doula is. I know. We get a lot of questions about this. So, One thing that I do want to mention is our answers are maybe not going to be everyone's answers, but this is how we work, how we practice, what we feel, and what we believe most doulas feel as well. But we don't want to speak on behalf of all doulas, but this is generally what most doulas will tell you if you were to ask these questions as well. So the first one is what a birth doula does. What is a birth doula going to be doing? And a birth doula is someone who, if you look it up, through Dona, Kappa, any of the doula organizations, they are there for the informational, educational, emotional, and physical support. So if you have questions throughout your pregnancy, they're there for you via text, phone, email. A big part why people hire birth doulas is really for that labor support. That's the thing that they're most nervous about. And so that is the physical support coming in. And I have to be honest, that's probably the chunk of what you're paying for when you're hiring a birth doula. That and their on-call time. Um, But the physical support can be a lot. I mean, especially if you have a longer labor. If you're a first-time mom, your labor does go a little bit longer typically. And so they're going to be doing tons of different things. So I know Mary Alice and I work very similarly, but whenever I go to, let's say, a hospital birth, I am immediately assessing the lay of the land of like, okay, where are the washcloths? Where are the Emerson bins? Where are all the things that I need just in case she needs maybe extra sheets or towels, anything at all? And not only am I looking for things for her, but also for dad. I really truly believe that a doula is not just there for the laboring mom. She is there for the dad as well. And I think that's the big thing is realizing that it's not the doula against anyone else, the medical staff or anything at all. It's really making everyone feel like we're a team together. And I think when we talk about physical support as a doula, a lot of people just assume that we're talking about natural birth. And that is absolutely not true. I will say probably 50% of our clients don't 
get an epidural, don't want an epidural. They really hire a doula for that physical support to help them through the perceived, you know, discomfort and pain and contractions and really helping with those like hip squeezes and massage and position changes and all of that physical support that comes with being able to move around and cope with labor when you don't have anesthesia. But we also have lots of clients who get epidurals and also sing our praises as having a doula for that physical support as well. Having someone there to really help you until you're ready to get an epidural. Having the physical support when you need to turn over and you're uncomfortable and you've pressed your nurse button six times and she's in the other room and it's not that she doesn't want to help you, but she can't get there fast enough or the nurse even needs help to do something. Having that emesis bag right there when you're getting nauseous, because even if you have an epidural, you still have those hormonal surges that cause nausea and shaking and, you know, different spikes in your hormones throughout the labor process. And so that physical support is such an integral component to labor, regardless of how you choose to labor. Absolutely. And Mary Alice is talking about, you know, epidurals, but there are some moms that, okay, they don't want an epidural, but maybe they're interested in other forms of pain relief. And that's going back to the informational support. So a lot of women hire doulas because they are unfamiliar with this whole territory of labor and delivery. And they want to be a part of the process. And sometimes you can feel like a number. And I'm not saying that that's for every birth and every woman's experience, but sometimes things just happen and say, well, this is what we do and this is the protocol. And and some women, when they contact us, they're like, no, I want to be in the know and aware and know what my options are and feel like a true participant in my own birth. And I want to know what they're talking about and be able to ask them, okay, what are my other options? Because I want to make sure that I'm choosing the right one for me and my baby. And that's a big thing is having someone there who can break things down to you in normal English language rather than medical jargon and say, okay, they are wanting to give you Pitocin. Instead of Pitocin, you know, you can ask for a little bit more time and you can do walking, lunges, nipple stimulation. We can get some aromatherapy going with Clary Sage. We, I can do some reflexology or pressure points on your feet and lower legs. We can do all the things before we result to medication if that is something that you're interested in. And not only does that information come up with like information that they're not providing in the hospital and filling that in and giving you all these different choices that you have to make and letting you know of what your options are and what different kinds of things you can do, but it also... I feel like fills in the blanks of what already is going on. So maybe your nurse comes in and says, oh, well, that was a deceleration, but it was an early decel. And now we want to put a fetal scalp electrode on your baby's head. And then they walk out and you're like, what the heck does that even mean? I don't know what that is. And so I feel like that's the biggest feedback I get from clients after the births is they say, thank you so much for explaining things to me. Even if I can't change what happens and, you know, this, that, and the other, and we need these interventions, even if that wasn't a part of your birth plan and everything goes haywire and, you know, baby has a mind of its own, is in a funky position or whatever. At the end of the day, people feel more secure. People feel loved and taken care of and listened to when they have information that they need to understand what's going on. And when they feel birth is totally 
out of our control. You can't sit here and, you know, I tell my clients, it's not algebra. It's not like A, B, C. You can't plug things in and know what the outcome is going to be. But having the information and knowing how, okay, an early deceleration, that's okay. It means we're getting closer to pushing and there's head compression. And this is how- Which is normal. Right. This is all <laughs> normal. And this is the mechanics of that versus like, no, they're, they do want to do a C-section because you have a fever and because your baby's heart rate has gotten really high. And they're not just saying that. This is actually, these are the- things that they're worried about and kind of explaining the thinking behind what's going on in the hospital and what the different suggestions are. Yeah. And some women feel completely okay with advocating for themselves once they have that information. But some women are people pleasers. I know that I am. I want everyone in the room to be comfortable. I don't want to put anyone in a bad mood or feel like I'm against them. So having someone in the room to be my voice, to be my advocate is so helpful. And having a doula to be able to help you word things in a way that is going to be respectful of your medical team. So all you have to do is worry not necessarily worry, but focus on each individual contraction on relaxing your body and not having to speak and think. And because I think that the more distracted you are from what's going on in your body, the longer that you're prolonging everything. So honestly, having a doula can not only just give you that information, but also be there to support you. And I don't know about other doulas, but sometimes I don't even feel that comfortable speaking to hospital staff because you may be only seeing them that one time, maybe another time if you have another baby. But as doulas, we're there all the time. We're seeing these nurses and these doctors, these midwives, whomever, constantly. That's our job. And we want them to like us. <laughs> we want them to want us in <laughs> the they room really the next do. time. Yes. They really do like us. We really And I... I always tell people that when they interview me, like, I know that nurses and doctors, they're like, oh, what a nice doula. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what kind of doulas are you interacting with? Because we all want to be on the same, same team. team. We want the same thing. And we want to help you advocate for yourself without stepping on toes. Like, right. we want you to say, I need to understand what's going on. I want to make decisions for my own body. And I still respect that you're my doctor and that you went to medical school and I'm you know, placing the my and my baby's life in your hands. And I need some more information. And I'd like to make my own choice. And there is a graceful way to do that. Oh, for sure. And the good thing is, hopefully you have your partner there. And a big thing that I will tell people is as soon as the doctor and nurse steps away, if you know, I believe that they should probably go another route that's going to better meet their needs for their birth plan. I will then pull the dad aside and or a partner aside and say, okay, I need you to ask about this <laughs> because, again, if I'm going to be coming back next week, I need to make sure that you kind of have the dad like play dumb. Like, so what does this mean? Exactly. <laughs> so what if we did this instead? Is that an option? And I mean, he's it's it's his kid, too. He's a parent. And so and I feel like dads appreciate that yeah. because it puts them as a participant, because a lot of times dads, they just see their partner, the person that they love so much in the entire world, go through something that's uncomfortable, painful. And also there's no like finish line. You can't be like, oh, you only have two more hours. Like, no, you don't know. And all they want to do is fix it. Men fix problems. You know how like when you tell them, like you just want to vent and like have them listen and well, men want to- this, that and the other yeah. and the other and the other? This and is they, what I would do. Exactly. They just want to fix the problem. And that's how they're wired. And that's fine. But in labor, you can't fix. It's not a problem, one. And two, you can't fix it. It's something that just has to happen. And you have to let go and 
let have it, a baby. Yeah, and have a baby. Let it happen. So for them, having them help in other ways, like asking questions and being that gatekeeper between you and the medical staff can really help you just focus on what you need, but also have them participate in something that they feel is helpful and they're also feeling educated you know, with the process as well. So I think that that's a big thing for people to recognize is that doulas, we're not just, yes, giving you massages and (laughs) helping you with your breathing, aromatherapy, hot and cold therapy, things like that. But we're also communicating with your your partner and making sure that they feel comfortable, that they're included, and that everyone is on the same page. I feel like having a doula there brings the partner anxiety down down like 10 notches. And I can't tell you how many clients have said, the women are like, oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you were my doula. And the dads are like, thank you so much. I'm so glad you were our doula. We're never having a baby without you again. (laughs) Because it just gives them someone to turn to, like the oh my gosh person. Like, oh my gosh, is this normal? Oh my gosh, what do I do? You know, I can't really communicate with my wife right now because either she's sleeping and or she's groggy or or she's in a lot of pain or she's throwing up or she's mad at me. And so I need to turn to you and, you know, what do I do? And we really do have helpful suggestions and it makes dads, it makes everyone in the room, your mom, whoever is there feel useful and everyone wants to help you. They want to help the mom and they just might not know exactly what to do. Exactly. But the great thing is with doulas, they've met you before. So with a nurse, I don't feel like they feel as comfortable doing that because they haven't established that rapport. So they can, they feel like, okay, I know this person. They know what we want. They work for us. They're not working for the hospital. They don't have any other agendas. This is the person that I can turn to as well. And so many dads have said, oh, no, 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 that she was my doula. I'm glad that she was there for you, honey. But no, 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 she was my doula. And that's the emotional part of that, you know, that component of what a doula does, that information, that physical support, and then the emotional support. And, you know, it used to be that you would give birth surrounded by your friends and your family. And birth was a community event. Your mom and your sister and your cousins and all of the women in the community would come together and support you during labor. That's not really what we do anymore, at least not in the U.S. We're very, you know, single family. You go in with your husband, you, it's your first baby, you you know, don't know what's going on and you just go into the hospital and together. And you rely on and, the staff. Right. Totally rely on the staff. And having a doula reintroduces that continuity of care. It's someone that you've gotten to know your whole pregnancy and you know that they're going to be there for you. They are on call for you. Barring any, you know, extraneous, weird circumstances, they're going to be at your birth and you've built an emotional connection with them, which is always cemented during labor. I always leave births like, oh my gosh, I love them so much. (laughs) And you make lifelong friends many, many times with couples or with your doula because of that emotional support. And that emotional component just puts everyone at ease. It's almost indescribable, but... It's like being alone versus having a familiar face. Yeah. And I feel like I have to now, I want to give specifics on like, okay, but what can I expect my doula to do when I am in labor? Because if you're like, are they just going to sit and give me answers and be my emotional support and advocate? And I want to share also some like, hard facts of things that I do whenever I go into a room. And I'm sure Mary Alice does other things too. But the first thing is we come with stuff. Oh yeah. Like a whole big (laughs) old bag. bag. And we don't even usually use anything but like our hands and some oil. (laughs) But it's all there if we need it. Just in case. (laughs) Absolutely. So a big thing is you learn this through your prenatals. Some women love massage. Some people don't. I mean, when I was in labor, I thought for sure I wanted massage 
apparently didn't want to be touched at all. Like, She'd be like, stop. <laughs> stop touching me. <laughs> Don't touch me. It was just so much stimulation. And I couldn't handle another thing on me or happening. So, but for other women, literally they were all about don't stop touching me. That constant motion, that constant relaxation, that release, the muscle tension that they were having and and touch actually inhibits your pain receptors. Exactly. And so it does physiologically decrease pain. Yes, absolutely. So that's why a lot of women love massage. They love counter pressure, like that double hip squeeze, pressing on that sacrum, every single contraction. So Dads, you will leave the birth sore. Oh, yes. Your (laughs) pecs will never be (laughs) more sore than after a birth. That's for sure. But not only just that touch and massage and counter pressure, but also maybe reflexology or acupressure on your feet to help with with either pain relief or speeding up labor. It's also hot and cold therapy. So if we get a wet washcloth cooling you down after working so hard, or maybe you need heat to really help with reducing pain on your lower back or under your belly, close to where you're feeling the most pain for those contractions, it can be so many different things, helping with visualizations, helping you with breathing, coaching you with breathing, coaching you with relaxing certain parts of your body. Position changes. Yes. And doing things also to help your baby be in a good position. So having tools like a rebozo or a birth ball or a peanut ball or bringing things with us that really help to get you in a position where you can cope with labor and get baby in a position so that it can descend into your pelvis and be born, which is the goal. (laughs) The whole goal. And we remind you of that a lot. Yes. Like the goal is that we're having a baby, a baby. <laughs> because t- you forget. Exactly. I think a lot of women think that, oh my gosh, this is forever. And having to constantly just be reminded that this is temporary and you are doing it. It's not that you're trying, you're actually doing it. You're conquering each and every contraction and you're making you're making it happen. You're going to welcome your baby soon and this is only temporary and you've got this. So those are some things that I just wanted to make sure that if you were curious on exactly what a doula does, those are some some things that you can expect for her to do during those contractions. One thing that I would definitely ask if you're interviewing a doula is something about their personal philosophy. Nina used to own a doula agency and I was the manager there and we worked with families for a long time helping them to find doulas who weren't necessarily us that fit their families and their personalities. And one thing you really want to know is what is their philosophy? Are they like, I don't touch you. I only provide, you know, emotional support. It's really all about, you know, praying with you or reading to you or helping you with a Bradley birth or hypnobaby's birth or what kind of births do they support? Are they a epidula? Do they, you know, primarily go to epidural births? Are they very anti-pain medication? What's their philosophy? I know that our personal philosophy and something that when we were really working with a lot of families, we always wanted to hammer into people is that we support you. This is your birth. It's your baby. It's your family. You get to make decisions and we're not judging you. We are giving you information and we want you to have evidence-based good information so that you can make decisions that are right for your family. And really finding a doula who, if that's something that appeals to you, shares that philosophy, or if you have really strong feelings about the way you want to give birth, finding a doula who shares those that sentiment as well. Absolutely. I think that's the main thing that if you're wondering, how should I pick a doula? It is all about that. Finding someone that you just connect with, that shares that chemistry. It's like dating. It really is. It's like, oh, I need to go on all these little dates and pick 
my match. Yes. <laughs> and most people know. They're like, oh, I just, we just really like her. We vibe. And also, don't pick the person who's most experienced just because she's most experienced. Don't pick the person who's like old and is a grandma just because you're like, oh, she's motherly. Been around and she's motherly. I have had so many clients who said, you know, I really had this idea in my head of like, this is who I thought my doula was going to be. But then when I met a bunch of doulas, someone else completely different just totally clicked with me. I picked like the youngest person who'd only been to three births because I just loved her energy. And just go with your gut. Yeah. Your gut will never steer you wrong, honestly. And you don't want this person to drive you nuts because if anyone's going to drive you nuts ever, it's going to be while you're in labor. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. All right. So another thing to think about is when you – so doula care is a service and most people charge for it. And along with that service, what are you kind of purchasing? So something to think about is, are they providing prenatal care? Is it in their home? Is it in your home? Are you meeting at a coffee shop? Is it over the phone? Do they have different packages? It's hard to answer this question because there's just such a large range of what doulas offer. But typically you'll have like two or three prenatal visits to really get to know each other at those prenatal visits, you get to ask all your questions. You get to know your doula. She gets to know your goals and what you want out of your birth. And you get to know more about her experience and the tools that she has to help you during labor. You can write a birth plan with her. She can tell you about all of the different choices that you'll get to make and all the different choices you have during your labor. If you hire a doula early enough in your pregnancy, she might be able to guide you towards a care provider who really shares your philosophy and what you're wanting. Honestly, those prenatal visits, you can customize it to whatever your needs are. There's some women who've contacted me and said, I am so terrified of tearing. That is something that I really don't want. And that's something that I really need to talk about during a session. And we talked about what they can do to minimize their chances of tearing all during a prenatal visit. So, and then another woman says, I am afraid that I'm going to fail at breastfeeding. We did a whole prenatal visit just on preparing for breastfeeding and how to have a successful start. And you should think about the postpartum period while you're pregnant. Don't (laughs) wait to think about that until after. And your doula could have a lot of really useful tools to help you prepare for the postpartum period, making a birth plan and a postpartum plan. Really thinking about who's going to be there to support you right after, who's going to be in the hospital hospital, who's going to, you know, be at your home after when you're still in bed and not really moving around yet. You might do a birth rehearsal where you talk about different positions that you can get into while before your doula meets you. You can talk about whether she'll meet you at your home or at the hospital, really working out the logistics of what is this going to look like, getting all your questions answered so that you can have a greater peace of mind. For sure. Yeah. And I totally agree with Mary Alice, her saying like a big one that I always ended on is comfort techniques. Because in the beginning, I think a lot of people say, oh, so you're going to be there the entire labor. And maybe some doulas do that, but I don't do that. I meet you when you need me. I meet you once you're in active labor and things are really going. Because when I was beginning my doula journey, I used to go as soon as labor started. And then I was with someone for 72 hours and decided, oh, that's just not going to work because I was so tired when she needed me the most. And I said, okay, in the beginning, she was walking and talking and able to do her own thing. So I'm not needed as much. But 
once things got harder, she couldn't really talk through those contractions and she needed a lot more physical help. That's when I should have gone over. And that's what I've done ever since then. So learning those comfort techniques ahead of time so you can do that with your partner to remain comfortable until it is time for your doula to get there, that's so important. So having that practice with them, having your partner go to that prenatal visit and figuring out, okay, these are the different things that you can do in your home. Maybe they do that visit at your home so then you can go around the house and she can show you different ways to use the furniture and the tools that you have at your house to remain as comfortable as possible before she either meets you right at home or if it's going so fast, which I hope it does for you, can meet you straight at the hospital. Right. So you have those prenatal appointments with your doula. And in addition to that, throughout your pregnancy, most doulas do offer phone and text support. So being able to call your doula and ask questions, text her with like, my ankles are swollen. What are some things I can do to reduce swelling? I'm going to... I don't know. Have lunch today. Can I eat sushi? Can yeah, I? Yeah. I'm having all kinds pubic of pain. Where yeah. should I go? Which chiropractor, chiropractor do you recommend? Right. Should I get acupuncture? I'm approaching my due date. What are some things I can do to try and get my body going? Because I feel like I'm not ever going to go into labor. You know, being able to text her and have someone right there at your fingertips instead of maybe having to call your doctor's office and talk to the nurse and leave a message and then they Wait call back and they just back. tell yeah. you to go to the ER <laughs> or whatever it is. Really just having someone who's available there to answer your questions. In addition to that, they're going to be on call for you. And this is a really big chunk of our time. Yeah. And, and I think this is yeah. the part where families don't understand right. really what that is. Right. So most doulas go on call around 37 or 38 weeks when you're considered full-term pregnancy. And you could go as far past your due date as one or two weeks, which gives us a window of four to five weeks that your doula is on call for you. Within that period of time, she cannot go out of town. She cannot have more than one or two glasses of alcohol. She has to take two cars if she's going somewhere and thinks that she might have to leave abruptly or, you know, maybe you're going to an event and your partner can't leave. And oh, yes. if you're going to have to be able to leave, you have to take two cars. Oh, I can't tell you how many t- – like, i going to a movie mm-hmm. with my husband and literally in the movie saying – I'm so sorry, honey. I have to I have to go. And he's like, no. I know. It happens. It's, for me, it's like dinner, really. I get really sad if I get called at dinner. I'm like, <laughs> wait, but I'm food. eating. <laughs> like, can we wait 20 minutes? <laughs> but yeah, being able, you know, or having to Uber home because, oh my gosh, we didn't drive two cars today. If your doula has children, she always has to have on-call available childcare. Being on-call is a very big commitment. And that's just for one birth. You can't make a living on one birth, birth every no. five weeks. We would have and to charge you a lot, a lot of, of money, money to do you that. don't want to pay. <laughs> and so really it is this constant balancing act. It's planning your life nine months in advance always, knowing what weekends you can go out of town. If I want to plan a weekend trip, I basically have to – take the entire month off unless I'm willing to pay someone to back up for me if my client has her baby while I'm gone. And people don't always like that because they've gotten to know you and they really want you to be there. And we want to be there too. Like if we're going to, if I'm going to take a client, I want to be there for their birth. And so it really, on call time is a, it's just a big part of the 
The package. The expense. Yeah, the package. Of course, there's the in-person labor support time, which we talked about. Most doulas will meet you when you're in active labor, and they'll kind of help you determine when that is. Usually, it's for a first-time mom when your contractions are around four to five minutes apart. They're lasting one minute, and that's been going on for at least an hour. And they stay with you throughout your entire labor. Another good question to ask, though, is do you stay with me throughout my entire labor? Do you have, you know, a 12-hour clause? That's something that some doulas have to protect their time is that their contract says that they will only be at your birth for 12 hours before an additional fee applies or before they call a backup to come and take over for them. It's definitely a good question that you want to ask when you're doing all of your consultations to see if there is a 12-hour clause or not. And something that I do want to say that Mary Alice and I have been talking about, I don't want you to think that oh my gosh, I'm not going to have any support until I'm in active labor. Absolutely not. At least for us, how we've worked is we're providing that over the phone and text support up until that point. So I'm usually at two in the morning. It's usually around that time. (laughs) It's usually around that time where someone's like, I think I lost my mucus plug. I think my water broke. Oh, I'm starting to feel some contractions, I think. And that's when we're saying, okay, yeah, keep me posted. Let me know if things are getting more intense. Look for this. Does this smell funny? Like asking (laughs) you questions to make sure that everything is going normally. So I don't want you to think that a doula is only showing up once it's hard because we're still there for you, but it's just not in person. So we're there for you all throughout your pregnancy if you ever have any questions, but we're also there for you as soon as your labor starts, but it's just over the phone. I wanted to make sure that you're not thinking, oh, I'm on my own until <laughs> until it starts hurting. And your doula usually will stay a couple of hours postpartum too. So right after you have your baby, you know, really finding out if your doula has any experience helping women breastfeed. So if you're planning to breastfeed your baby, those first couple of hours can be really important for finding, you know, getting that initial latch, really having that skin to skin time, protecting that time between mom and baby at the very beginning. And then we as doulas always did a postpartum visit in our client's home. So we would come within a week or two and we would bring photos that we took, maybe on a thumb drive. We would take notes of, you know, when you went into labor, when different things happened, funny things that someone said, what are the positions that you use, the coping techniques, the comfort, you know, things that comforted you. Did you love listening to music? Did you refuse to get off the toilet? You know, what is it that you did during labor? And people love that. Yeah. There are some doulas who will even write like an entire story of your birth. We have like this really cool tear sheet that answers funny questions and things like that. And they and those moms keep them in mm-hmm. their baby's in little baby, their book. Little baby yeah. book. And to re- remember, oh, these were my nurse's names. This was the room number I was in. This is all of the stuff that happened. I changed from this dilation to this dilation within this amount of time. Oh, so. I thought that took 12 hours, but really it took two. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it's really cool for those postpartum visits. And something else, some people like us, we've because we did a lot of prenatal support, we just did one postpartum visit, but there are some doulas that do two postpartum visits. So again, ask them what is included in their package because their fee can include many different things yeah, than so what we're massage, talking about. Yes. Some people do placenta encapsulation, childbirth, you know, childbirth education. There's all kinds of things. So really finding the person in your area who has a kind of package and a personality that you're looking for. Yeah. And we talked about a lot of different things. So it adds up, right? So I'm sure the question that you're asking is, okay, ladies, how much does all this cost? <laughs> The good answer to this is, honestly, it's 
all over the place. (laughs) That answer is just, I mean, there are brand new doulas that are just so excited to get experience that they are willing to do it for free. That's what I did. I did my first several births for free because I needed them to fill out an evaluation form for me to submit to get my certification. So I said, hey, in exchange for my support, can you please fill this out along with any recommendation stuff to submit for my certification? So that's one thing. It can be free. There might be some doulas that are willing to support you that cost nothing other than you writing a recommendation. But then there's all the way to the very polar opposite. I mean, it kind of depends. Depends on what area you live in. If you live in New York City, the doulas up there that are experienced, have been doing it for years, have been to hundreds of births. I mean, I think I've heard a couple of doulas saying that they're around three to $5,000. So just to give you a like comparison, we are located in Houston. And I would say in Houston, it's going to be more like 800 to like $1,500. Yeah. For an average, for an average, average yeah. doula, average experienced doula. For a very experienced doula that's been doing it for 10 years, hundreds of births, she's going to be on the range of 2,500. But again, if you live in a small town, a little farm town, sometimes their package is like $500, $600. So what I recommend and have been recommending to families is a website that's called doulamatch.net. And visiting that website, typing in your zip code, typing in your due date, and seeing who is available, and it'll list several doulas that have your availability for that due date, and you can read testimonials, you can see what experience they have, you get to learn a little bit about them, and you can schedule a consultation for them. So rather than trying to Google and find all these doulas, that's a one way to do it. And most doulas are on Doula Match. Most, it's really yeah. the, there's not a competitor, it's really the one that people use. Exactly. So that at least will tell you who's in your area, who's available for your due date, and what they are going to charge. Doula Match should make an app, like you swipe right or left on a doula. <laughs> That'd be cute. That'd be funny. <laughs> Take note. Exactly. Exactly. So that's something that I I want you to know about pricing. And there are discounts sometimes. Sometimes doulas will say, hey, if you sign up within 24 hours, I will give you a 10% discount. Because there are some times when a doula will meet somebody and they'll think about it and think about it. And then all of a sudden they're 37 weeks and then they call you and say, okay, yes, I want to move forward with you. (laughs) And then you're like, I am so sorry. I am booked now for your due date. It's just not possible. So sometimes a doula may offer a discounted rate. So that's something to ask if there's any discounts available. They just might have one available for you. Definitely. And I think that we did talk a lot about, is this worth the money? So what are you, you know, maybe... A $1,500 investment does seem like a lot, and it is a lot, but how much would someone have to pay you to do all that is really a a good way to think about it, to be on call, to, you know, drop whatever you're doing for an unspecified amount of time and go physically be awake and supportive and, you know, present with all of your knowledge and experience with someone in labor. Yeah. And And also the training. I mean, uh, paying for the training, paying for the books, paying for the certifications if you've gone to that. And your business expenses. If you're really making a living. Yeah. Yeah. Your marketing, all of that stuff, it does add up. And it's something that you have to consider. And I think a lot of people may forget that. So if you're like, oh my gosh, she's so expensive, we really hope that you think about these things and realize, oh, okay, I understand. They they need to make a living too. And it's not like they can help 20 families in one month. They can probably only help 
at most four or five, six, and that's really pushing it. That's, that's a, a tired, very busy mom. And that's a very tired doula. Do you really want someone that's going to be all over the place and tired? You may want someone who's not taking on as many. Well, then she may be charging a little bit more because she wants to be fully present, fully energized, and 100 Excited when you call. Yeah. That's what I tell people when I cut down my client load. I was like, I want to be excited when my phone rings. Like, oh, Nina, I am so glad you're in labor. I cannot wait to come and support you. And this is going to be great. We're going to meet your baby and it's going to be amazing. Not like, oh my gosh, I've already been to two births this week and ah, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. <laughs> all right, guys. I think we've answered all the main questions when it comes to what is a birth doula? If you have questions about birth doula care or your own experience to share, please join us and the conversation on our Facebook page. Just search Baby Chick. We'll be posting today's episode and answering questions in the comments. Also, please follow us on Instagram and Pinterest for daily inspiration and updates. And as always, subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, whenever you listen to us. 